0: Welcome to Origin Gates' podcast. It's called Wisdom's Echo. And I'm Ray Hughes. I'm going to be bringing an insight of the day. And um, uh, I want to share a few things with you in regards to music and creativity. And maybe a, uh, a bit of insight into uh, something that I feel is incredibly important that we get a hold of right now, and, and um, especially at this time in history. And uh, I won't, I'm going to start with Psalm 33, 3, and I'm pretty confident that most of us have heard that at some time or another, sing unto the Lord a new song. And uh, many times that'll be somewhat of a prompting or a, a little bit of a motivational cheerleading type thing that you would hear in a church service. And the Bible clearly tells us to sing unto the Lord a new song, or let's let everything that has breath. Let's praise the Lord. A lot of times those uh, verses that are so powerfully unique kind of get thrown in one singular little bucket that says we'll use this to motivate people to respond. And many times uh, individualists will be standing around thinking well I'm not going to respond. I might react but I won't won't necessarily just respond to man's promptings. But in fact um, the Word of God uh, is is absolutely brimming with all kinds of truth that creates opportunities for our hearts to respond in corporate settings as well as uh, in, during our times of meditation and, and contemplating the things of God. I mean, there's so many opportunities that are pointed out to engage with God musically and creatively. As a matter of fact, there's well over 800 verses in the Word of God that relate to music. And uh, so God must see music as a a powerful and necessary part of our lives. And even to the point that that, uh, as David would point out here, sing unto the Lord a new song. I wonder if every time that was spoken was it time for everyone to sing unto the Lord a new song? You you better believe it was. But let's look at a couple of these words, just the foundation of the word. Sing unto the Lord a new song. The word sing there is the Hebrew word shira. And it's sometimes spelled uh, s-h-i-y-r. And this verb it's pronounced Shear. It's a primitive uh, uh, root for this word sing comes to us from the idea of not just opening your voice and uh, sending forth sound, melodic sound hopefully, uh, and sounds of agreement hopefully, but that's not all that it's talking about. The root of that word means to, is the idea of strolling, of a strolling minstrelsy. So it would be music musicians with instruments and voices and percussion and strings and so on, they they would be used also in the context of street harlots, for example, making noise in the marketplace in the streets. And the, these uh, roving merchants letting their intentions be known in the streets and in the marketplace. So it means to sing and it also means to behold. And it's to attract attention. Uh, and, and furthermore, uh, it was also, it's also a word used in uh, relation to the, the prostitutes in the streets, anyone who's merchandising intent. So your song, your song is not about prostituting your talent and merchandising, I hope, but your song is about walking out in the real world, walking out the intentions of your life as a song unto the Lord. And when you see the word new song, that's an important word, kaddash. It comes from a primitive root word that means to be made new, to rebuild, renew, repair, and restore. and in, Or as in to simply make new. You as well as those in your path could probably use some renewing these days, some res- restoration these days rebuilding and refreshing lyrics, sounds and rhythms which all bring forth responses out of our spirit, soul and body, the whole man engaging in these lyrics and sounds and rhythms, new songs void of any intentions of prostitution and merchandising. It's perfectly acceptable now and even necessary to be heard and seen as you take your music to the marketplace. But just be careful that your intent, even in your going to the marketplace, your intent is you are still doing it as unto the Lord. You know Mark Twain said the two most important days in a man's life is the day that he was born and the day that he finds out why. And uh, I dare say that some people are not necessarily called or created to be worship leaders in a church. But you know what we are created for? We are created to worship. And whatever you do, uh, do, do things that are of, of great character and integrity and excellence. And, and, uh, and you don't do them as, as in striving for success. That's not, our, that's not what we're doing. We're not striving uh, just to be a success. Uh, Because success is typically connected to performance and what would be known as um, uh, uh, not just success, but fame. And I think some of you have heard me say that fame is a great enemy to greatness. Because fame will hold you captive to the, the applause of man, the accolades of man. And uh, uh, if we're in identity crisis and, so, and suddenly we find a place of belonging and identity born out of our talent, we can be held and captured in that place of fame and never make it to the greatness that we were created for. And I, I also dare say that right now being dead to the applause of men sometimes involves weeping between the porch and altar more than it does swaggering from the bus to the stage, and fan-based Christianity is losing its choking grasp right now as flattery and infatuation yield to honor and holiness. be honorable and be holy in, in what you care even if, even if you're ministering to the world, uh, let it also uh, be the overflow of the worship unto God that's in your heart. See, man's sense of entitlement right now is giving way to God's enthronement. Why? I believe so peace and righteousness can come. And there's a few things that it would behoove us to uh, use as a, as a measure uh, aside and beside those, those things that we carry in our heart. There's, there's some things that we can measure what we're doing. See, the glory of a life Fully lived is to leave as one who was fully found, and we will. and And Jesus has come so that we might be fully found, worthy and righteous and holy, uh, washed in His blood, cleansed, rightly related. Righteousness speaks of being rightly related unto the Father, and uh, to be rightly related to Him is to also be able to live out our full. Uh, intent and, uh, and purposes that He created us for and of course we were created first of all to worship. See, and what happens is, is along the way your talent and your creativity starts finding its full release through the passion that God puts in you for your gift to carry you to those places that you're supposed to be. Um, and uh, see, when you begin to live your life from a place of passionate worship. And you—and let's say it like this, when you begin to live your life from a place of passion what do you do? You awaken possibilities and you awaken options that never see you coming until they are caught in the midst of your whirlwind not knowing should they sing or dance. But if you are void of that passion for the life that you're created to live. Look into your heart until you find a memory or a dream. Not just any memory, not just any dream. Find one so beautiful that it makes you whisper. Have you ever been in a place like that where you look look out across the sea or you look at the sky, the, you know, look at a sunset and suddenly without even thinking wow, you find yourself so in awe that you're whispering. And right in that very instant there's a passion that is awakened in you. And if you avoid that passion for the life that you're to live, you look in your heart, find that memory, find that dream, not just any dream, but the one that makes you whisper. When you can no longer whisper, then you go ahead and sing because your heart will do the rest. But when you begin to live your life from a place of passion that's when all kinds of possibilities will Will find you. You don't have to find them. You've already found the passion for God, a passion for purpose, and a passion for the truth that He's called you to exemplify through your music and through your creativity. And that's that's a a beautiful place to be. I believe I believe that's a part of what's going on uh, in our generation right now. There's so many kingdom-minded creatives that are really hearing in their heart of hearts, you no longer have permission to bury your gifts in the lands of empty churches and full theaters. Let me say that again. Kingdom-minded creatives no longer have permission to bury their gifts in lands of empty churches and full theaters. The church has consistently lived 20 years behind the cutting edge of creativity long enough. It's time for us to, with that passion for him and love for him, let's step out into that new day. Because that's where you'll find boundless grace and unlimited creativity waiting for you as a worshiper. Now there's, there's obviously some great enemies to that. Uh, the kingdom will always have in enemies. And some of the enemies become a part of the, the songs we sing and the dances we dance, unfortunately. I have five things for you. I'm going to, I'm going to give them to you very quickly. We don't have a lot of time. Um, but number one is Gnostic beliefs. That, that is a great enemy to the creative spirit as well as the worshiping heart in a, in a church environment. Gnostic beliefs. That's Jesus plus anything. We have so many anythings out there now. But Jesus plus anything puts us in a place of trying solely to embrace God and the beauty of who He is through knowledge and intellectual trappings that dishonor the deity of our Lord. And uh, one of the ways, the subtle ways that it moves in that is uh, not even that subtle down through through the ages is everything in this world is cursed. Well, everything in this world is not cursed. Jesus broke the curse off of, off of this world. That's why he did what he did. Uh, moving right along. Number two is, uh, one of the great enemies, is, is our eschatology. Because if we preach and teach our eschatology as, oh, we're going to escape this old cursed world and go and see Jesus and everything, will be wonderful there. Um, that's, a, that's a thief we miss out on so much of the beauty of the life that he has given us uh, to worship him on this earth and from this earth and that all of creation might reveal his glory and the beauty of who he is in this realm as well and uh, uh, but if we see the entire world and everything is cursed we'll look past the beauty sometimes and look for it uh, the, our experience to match our eschatology rather than the, rather than the opposite and number 3 uh is old covenant thinking now yes the old covenant is incredibly valuable to humanity but if 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 it's old covenant thinking here, here let me give you an example old covenant says don't touch the leper jesus new covenant says hey bring me the leper huh old covenant is well, uh, well, they had to part the waters. you know remember, they would part the waters, but Jesus didn't part the waters. Jesus says, "Hey, I'll walk on the waters." And notice like in old, uh, even in the Old Testament, Gideon took his cues from the enemy camp while listening to God. Boy, that really would mess with our, our theology and our doctrine sometime. And number four, Here's another thing that's a great enemy. It's unsanctified conformity. Now that that means the lowest common denominator. And what we've done in many churches across the world, we, we sink everyone to the lowest common denominator creatively. Get everybody on the same level and when we lo- sink everybody to the lowest common denominator creatively and then we call that unity. And when in fact it's not unity, it's sameness, and the reason we want sameness is for the continuity and safety, so nobody's rocking the boat. No, but I, you know, I don't, I don't, I believe the Lord is looking for some beautifully unbalanced people now. We pride ourselves in being balanced, when I, and I, the fact is, balanced people never change the world. David was not balanced. Moses was not balanced. Gideon. And the list goes on and on and on and on there was not a lot of balance in these people. their passion awake awakened them to the outrageous outlandish and sometimes bizarre strategies of God that would just require intimacy and obedience and walking out the truths that had been released from heaven as strategies you know uh now. Let's 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 look at this. Unsanctified conformity. See, the church is usually twenty years behind the cutting edge of creativity, I said. Why? Because we spend the first cutting edge, something comes along cutting edge, when the church sees it. Well, we spend the first ten years criticizing it, the next 10 years emulating what we've been criticizing because it's now become our voice. We finally caught on. And many times, uh, you know, one of the great enemies is. We, we wind up so full of what God said that we do not hear what God is saying and we can't go forward into the new day and break these barriers and, and obstacles that stand between us and what God wants as our, our very best life of worship. And it's really not about writing better songs. It's about living a better life and writing our songs from that better life. Now, lastly... Idolatry. Idolatry in religion imposes boundaries and limitations on creativity and worship. May we never be those that that are bound and limited. We want boundless grace, unlimited creativity. And see, our generation right now is being gloriously invaded with songs and sounds, and the overflow of heaven is becoming the melodies and the rhythms and the lyrics of a generation, of our generation. And you know, beautiful music always resembles a new beginning. Sing unto the Lord a new song today. Let it flow out of the depth of who you are and your interaction with the one that loves you. See, beautiful music resembles a new beginning and it's a quickening, an awakening. You know what music really is? It is silence being lovingly broken. I pray that today you will, the silence that's around you will be lovingly broken and find the song uh, that you were born to sing. Uh, God bless you. Uh, we'll see you next time.